This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the third Sunday of Lent, the 24th of March. When I visited Egypt um, some nine years ago, one of the places I was able to visit was Mount Sinai, where there's now an Orthodox monastery. And I remember that we were shown a large tree which local legend says is a direct descendant of the Old Testament burning bush from which God spoke to Moses. The actual bush is the Rubus Sanctus Bramble, which is endemic to the Sinai Peninsula. It's a large thorn bush. And as I tried to grab a leaf as a souvenir, I ripped my pullover. It served me right, really, as there was a large notice telling you not to steal the leaves. Trees are symbols of life in the Bible, and they're often used as a means of telling us something about God's life and how we receive that life. Moses had a mission to make the God of Israel known, and every single person in the plan of God has a mission to be a channel of God's divine grace to the world. Planted in God, like a tree or a vine, we're meant to bring forth the fruits of love, peace, joy, compassion, non-violence. This should be effortless, because the closer God comes, the more alive we become. According to the famous adage of St Irenaeus, the glory of God is a person fully alive. The mystery of evil is that we resist the invasion of God. We prefer to go our own way, we cling to our own prerogatives and ideas of freedom. From Adam and Eve on, the basic thought has been, it's my life on my terms. But the result of this is a lifelessness. That's the importance of the image of the fruitless fig tree. The result of this lack of fruit is depression, with life going nowhere. In the language of Dante, to be lost and alone in a dark wood. That's the tree that bears no fruit. Jeremiah says that the sinner is like a tree that is planted out in the desert, dried up and parched. The owner of the tree says that if there's no fruit, it will be cut down. This is a note of urgency that struck over and over again in the Bible. It's hard to say, and harder still to take in, but we really can run out of time. We can become so resistant to God's grace that our leaves dry up. This is just simple spiritual physics. The question that is being asked of me is, am I like that fig tree, lifeless? Do I see in myself those gifts of the Holy Spirit? Am I consistently a radiant sign of God's life in the world? And if the answer to that is yes, then good. Then we've allowed God to invade us. But if not, it's time to change. And that is where Lent comes in, because it's giving us the annual chance to change, to repent and seek the mercy of God. I'm speaking about the beautiful sacrament of confession, reconciliation, over these Sundays of Lent, because it's one of the ways that we wake up to the urgent call made to us at this time. 
Pope Francis is talking about this all the time. He said recently, each of us should ask ourselves, when was the last time I went to confession? And if it's been a long time, do not lose another day. Jesus is there. Be courageous. Go to confession. Pope Benedict called the crisis we're experiencing in the church the crisis of confession. He wrote to all of us priests, asking us to rediscover and help others discover the sacrament of reconciliation. It's a sacrament we need to use and to cherish. It's there as a help to become children of God, to become the children of God that we're meant to be, and in so doing, let go of all the rubbish and the baggage that we carry around of the sins that Christ died for. I remember a therapist telling me the story of a patient who had been in a terrible state of depression and self-disgust ever since they left school. Nothing seemed to help them. Then one day this therapist met the patient in front of a Catholic church and they went inside because it was raining and they saw people going to confession. The patient, who was a Catholic, said to his therapist, do you think I should give it a go? And the reply was, no, don't bother with that. But the patient went anyway and emerged from the confessional with his first smile in years. Now, that therapist encourages all of her patients to go to confession because sin leads to depression, because it's a violation of God's love. It's a violation of the purpose built into our being by God. And so confession lifts the guilt and the anxiety that causes us to sin and heals us. Actually, millions of pounds are spent on therapy in our country every year, but no amount of therapy can take away the guilt of sin. Only God can do that and does that in his sacrament of confession. Because God wants to heal us. He wants to make us whole. How can we say no to this? How can we stay away from it? The sacrament of confession is God's life and love coming into the fibre of our being. We are not the sum of our sins. We sometimes make this mistake. We do something wrong. We sin. We think that that's who we are. But God says, no, that's not who you are. You're beautiful. You're a child of God. And he wants that beauty to be restored and then for us to go on and bear fruit. The bottom line is, God is not to be feared. The God of the burning bush is the God who wants us to be fully alive. And being fully alive in God means that we shall produce the fruits of a good tree with no fear of it being cut down. With Mary's prayers and with our help daily and aided by the sacrament of confession, we can do this too. Let us pray. O God, author of every mercy and of all goodness, who in fasting, prayer and almsgiving have shown us a remedy for sin, look graciously on this confession of our lowliness, that we who are bowed down by our conscience may always be lifted up by your mercy. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.